Welcome to Central Valley Physicians Podcast. My name is Nicole Butler, and I'm with Fresno Madera Medical Society. Today, we are here with Dr. Leah Press. She's a dermatologist in town, and we're going to talk about the sun, living in the valley, and what we should be doing for our skin. Um, welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me come by, Nicole, and uh, and answering some questions about the sun here in the valley. I, I'm actually, I'm... I'm I always like to get dermatologists in here and, and talk about the different um, things because, you know, living in the valley, you know, we have, what, 180 days of sun, it feels like, you know, so it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a tough area to live in and, and we love it. We, everybody, I think, enjoys the sun, but we know the sun isn't necessarily good for us. Is that correct? Right, right. Um, well, that's, you know, that's a good question. It's a good thing to, to start off with. Um, actually, people used to think that the sun was very good for you and very healthy for you. In fact, moms used to put their babies out in the sun to let them get sun because they thought that that was really the best thing for their growth and their development. But now we know that um, there, there are a lot of harmful effects to the sun. And the reason for that is that um, there are several different wavelengths in sunlight. Now, the, the light that we see... Um, has ultraviolet light in it. And um, there's different wavelengths to the ultraviolet light. There's UVA, UVB, and UVC. And they're not all created equal, and they all do different things. And that affects our lifestyle here. Um, UVC is the shortest wavelength of light, and that does not penetrate very far into our atmosphere. It gets um, um, take it out by the ozone layer so it doesn't penetrate us so we don't need to worry about it. But then there's the UVA and the UVB and those are longer wavelength lights and they do penetrate and they can cause problems. So what harm can actually be done by this ultraviolet light even, I mean, you can't avoid the sun. I mean, that's just reality. Right. So we, can, we know we can't avoid it. Is there is there something that's, um, is it really truly that harmful even occasionally if we're getting sunburned? Well, yes, because what happens is um, we all know about being out in the sun too much and people sometimes get sunburned. Well, that's due from the UVB rays of the sunlight. They penetrate um, just a small distance into the skin and they cause sunburn. And we recognize that and we don't like that because it hurts, it's painful, and it, and it doesn't feel good. But there's the other wavelength is the UVA wavelength, and that penetrates deeper into the skin. And But we don't see that. We don't see the results of that. But what that does is that gives us a tan. So every time you go out in the sun, you're exposed to the UVB rays, which, cause, which can cause sunburn, and that can lead to skin cancer. And the UVA rays, they penetrate deeper, and they're responsible for the tanning that happens after sunburn, but it's more insidious than that because by penetrating deeper, it penetrates into the DNA in your skin and it causes damage to your DNA. So it works together with the UVB to cause skin cancer, but it also causes aging and wrinkling and blemishes on your skin. And you can think of those um, like UVB, you can remember that B stands for burning and A stands for aging, and even um, a small amount of sunlight can cause these changes. And the UVB sunlight does get blocked out by glass, and 
but the UVA sunlight does not. It goes through glass, and um, it affects us all the time, so we need to protect ourselves from that. I never realized that, that no matter where you are, the, that UV light is going to find you. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of people's solution to not getting that sun, sun sometimes is they do indoor tanning. Now, what does that compare to and the exposure to the UV light outdoors? What's the difference between those? Well, that's a real good question. So indoor tanning is generally ultraviolet A. So that's a longer wavelength of light. And as I mentioned a little while ago, that penetrates deeper into your skin. So it bypasses, by not getting the B, you're not getting the burning. You're just going straight to the tanning, which is what people want. But unfortunately, it causes the damage to their DNA, and it increases the risk of skin cancer and aging of their skin. And it's a real um, problem for your skin and for people because most people who do tan are women. I guess 70% of the people who go to tanning beds are young women and or you know, teenagers or younger or young adults. And so they're affecting their skin at a very early age. And so they're going to end up with more severe wrinkling as they get older. I definitely want to go into that a little bit more because I I was one of those people in, you know, my 20s that that did. We we lived in the sun. We laid out by the sun. But I I guess at at what age should – I want to start going back to the protection, and I'll come back to the – the UVA for aging in a little bit, but at what age should, should you start protecting your, yourself against the sun? Well, actually, you should start protecting yourself against the sun from birth because, um, as I said before, people used to think that the sun was good for your health and they would put their babies out in the sun, but we now know that that's not true. And babies have very sensitive skin with um, few melanocytes in their skin, which are the cells that cause pigment change. And you've got to start protecting kids from, from day one. Now, you don't want to put sunscreen on babies less than six months old because it might um, irritate their skin. So up until the age of six months, we rely on physical protection. You know, because, you know, when you're, when you're a new mom... Um, and you're pregnant, you're a new mom, and you're thinking about all the things that you want to do to make um, your your baby's life healthy and um, have a good life for your baby. You think about um, getting a car seat. You think about what stroller you're going to use. You think about whether you're you know whether whether you're going to breastfeed, whether you're, what the best bottle is if you're not going to breastfeed. You think about putting child locks on your cabinets, but you don't think about protecting their skin. And that's really important, and that should be part of every new mom's um, plans for her baby. So you should wear long and they they make um, clothing that's lightweight. Then you should dress your baby in lightweight, long-sleeved clothing. Put a shade over your stroller. They have those shades that you can put into the cars get them used to wearing hats. And if you establish these habits when they're babies, when they're little, then it'll just become second, second um, nature to them as they get older, just like brushing your teeth. When, when talking about that, you saw my eyes get really big because we do, we have an infant at home and 
we've put sunscreen on her just because we know we're going out into the sun. But, you know, and, and I've been fortunate she hasn't had a reac- uh, reaction to it. But that that's great advice that anything, any infants under the age of six months really should be physically protected instead of right. sunscreen. Right. So, so let's talk about sunscreen a little bit. Um, there's a lot of options out there. You know, what kind of sunscreen is best? When do you apply it? How should it be applied? Because there's different versions of it. And, you know, which one do I buy? That's the, the main question. Right. Well, it's a jungle out there as far as all the different sunscreens. And it's difficult to understand what kind of sunscreen to get. So the thing is, is that the original sunscreens just protected against the ultraviolet B. Because up until maybe 10 or 20 years ago, we didn't understand that the ultraviolet A contributed to the sun damage as well as the UVB. So sunscreens protected just against UVB. And they came up with the designation SPF, or sun protection factor. But that really just went for the UVB. It didn't go for UVA because I didn't even know about it. And... um, Then when they learned that UVA was also a factor, they um, started putting some ingredients in that were protect against UVA as well. But it wasn't regulated by the FDA. The FDA um, didn't have um, rules that says this is what, if you're saying that it covers UVA or UVB, this is what you should have. And so then a few years ago, the FDA made their recommendations, and now it it's very dogmatic and very clear that if you give a sunscreen a label of SPF 30, for example, that this is how much um, coverage you should have. So, so that's the two things that you should look for. So, so that's one of the things you should look for when you're getting a sunscreen. You should look for one that covers the UVA as well as the UVB. And the labeling for that is broad spectrum. So okay. if you see the word broad spectrum on the tube, then that means it's covering the UVA and the UVB. Now, the other thing is you'll see, see a number on the bottle, um, and they range from anything from like 2 to 100. Okay, so the American Academy of Dermatology, or the AAD, has determined that um, the baseline is 30. And because with 30, with SPF of 30, you're eliminating about 94% of the harmful UVB effects of the sun. If you get up to um, like 100, or you know, you're maybe getting closer to 100, but it's not, it's never quite 100. So um, the F, so if you get 90, uh, 94%, the FDA has, con- I'm sorry, the American Academy of Dermatology has felt that that's. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, so that's so that's the other thing, and then you want to um, uh, make sure that you like the way it feels on your skin, because quite honestly, the best sunscreen is the one that you'll actually use. Yeah, okay? the most comfortable, and that's true. And right. there's there's right. a lot of different um, you know versions of sunscreen. There there's a cream that goes on that's usually water resistant. There's a spray. Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, just as long as you're getting full coverage, is there, is it okay to use the spray? I guess I'm, you know, because that's okay. easy. Right. Yes. So it doesn't matter what formulation you use. You just have to make sure you're using enough of it because sometimes people don't use enough of it. You actually should use like a shot glass amount for your, which is like two tablespoons for your body. And most people don't use enough of it. 
And um, as you mentioned, the thing about um, water resistant. So that's a really good point. Um, the FDA does not allow any sunscreen manufacturer to label their sunscreen as waterproof because they feel that none of them are waterproof. They can all get washed off. But they do allow you to label it water-resistant. And that has very clear guidelines. So what that means, if it says water-resistant, that means um, just just water-resistant, just plain water-resistant, that means that it can stay on your skin for 40 minutes before it gets washed off. And if it's very water-resistant, that means it'll stay on for 80 minutes. So if you're planning to go in and out of the pool or the, the ocean or whatever, then that would be a good choice. But you do have to reapply it after the 40 minutes or the 80 minutes because it's not effective anymore. Which brings up another good point, and that is that any sunscreen, even if you're not going in the water, needs to be reapplied every two hours. Okay, that, that was my next question, is how often do you put... Um, the sunscreen on because I, I think there, at least my misconception was, is if you put a higher SPF number on your body, the less you have to reapply. That is a misconception. Okay. You still have to reapply it. Every it two lasts, hours. But you still have to reapply it every two hours. And that's because it degrades on your skin. It, it just disappears. You know, just like your makeup eventually wears off. You know, you have to reapply your makeup. It it does gradually just degrade and it and it's no longer effective after a couple of hours okay so i want to ask so about what about like i for instance i put on my face every day before i put my makeup on i put i think it's an spf 35 but i only put it on once a day i only put it on in the mornings is that I mean, is it still working if it's under my makeup, or is it not working, or should I be reapplying You should more? be reapplying it, because after two hours, it degrades, and it's not effective okay. anymore. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not know. Uh-huh. So um, what about on a cloudy day? Okay, so on a cloudy day, the UVB does not penetrate through the clouds, but the UVA does. It'll penetrate through clouds, and it'll penetrate through glass. So um, you do need to wear sunscreen even on a cloudy day. Okay. You won't get burned necessarily, but you'll get... It's still penetrating, still your, penetrating skin your skin with that A, which is right. aging. Right. I'll never the forget that aging. now. Right, right. Okay, so, you know, we talked a little bit about people that, you know, used to think the sun was good for you. I mean, because you do get vitamin D from the sun, correct? Mm-hmm. Um um, isn't the sun needed to provide that, or do you can you get that through different um, versions of, of a food or other health ways? Okay. Well, the sun does provide vitamin D, and people have studied vitamin D to see what all the health benefits for it are. And I'm not sure there's really any conclusion on any of the health benefits other than the bone um, uh, development. They they um, scientists feel that. Vitamin D really is important for bone development, so you do need to have it for that. Um, but the risks of having enough sun exposure to develop enough vitamin D in you to help you with your bones is greater um, in terms of getting skin cancer than the amount of sun, amount of vitamin D that you could produce. So the American County Dermatology has uh, really come out to say that you should get it from foods or from vitamin supplementation. Okay, okay. 
so you can't bask in the sun anymore. <laughs> right, right. Well, you can bask in the sun if you're wearing sunscreen yes, yes. and a hat and long yeah. sleeve clothing. And that, you know, and because sunscreen is not the only protection that we recommend. Mm-hmm. It's one in, one in our armamentarium, one in our basket of, um, of choices that we have. Um, but you should wear a hat. You should wear um, long sleeves. People who are athletic and go and, and work out and do their sports outdoors should wear long sleeves. And they do make clothing that is very lightweight. It um, has ultraviolet protection factor ratings to it, and that's very effective. And a lot of people feel that when they wear that clothing, they actually are cooler than if they go sleeveless. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of um, uh, swimsuits, I think, that have been made. They're making with right. that same type of fabric too. So right. if you are swimming, right? So are there are there people? You know, in Fresno, we have a very diverse population. Is there is somebody at more at risk with a different skin tone than than others when it comes to um, exposure? Well, people who have um, more pigmented skin. Um, do have more of uh, protection on the pigmented portions of their body, but everybody has some portions of their body that are not pigmented. For example, African Americans, their palms, their lips, their feet, their nails are not pigmented, and they can get melanoma in those areas, so they need to protect themselves as well also. And um, sometimes people of color have um, a false sense of security that they're not going to get skin cancer, so they don't check themselves as often. And if they do develop something, it can, it can be um, more aggressive by the time it's found. Okay. Uh, and they should be using sunscreen regardless. Yes. Right. Everywhere on their, their skin right. because of the bee is going to get under the skin. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what the skin is doing to you. So, um, and I do want to touch on can- on mm-hmm. what you should be looking for on your body as well. But, you know, one of the things is you were talking about that the UVA causes wrinkles. Is that, is that, is there other things that could potentially call, or you're getting all of your wrinkles 100% from having sun exposure? Well, there is some hereditary to it and other factors like smoking, um, things like that can also increase wrinkling. Mm -hmm. But sun exposure is one of the main um, contributors to wrinkling. In fact, they did a study quite a few years ago um, where they studied these twins. And one of the twins um, just they uh, just lived a normal life. She um, worked outdoors. She had a family. She did whatever she usually did outdoors. Um, And then her sister became a nun and lived cloistered in a nunnery her whole life. And then they checked them when they were 80 years old. And the sister who had led a normal outdoor life was very wrinkled and her skin was blotchy. And the sister who lived in the nunnery had smooth, beautiful, soft skin. So that kind of sealed the fate on the relationship of sun to causing aging of the skin. What the sun is actually doing to you. Yeah. Wow, if I could just go back now, I'd probably do things much different. (laughs) Right. So, you know, one of the things on my skin, I'm fair-skinned, I see a lot more damage from the sun. And I know, I know, I don't need a doctor to tell me I have damaged skin. Uh But, you know... Are those the spots once again that that I have on my skin and sometimes on you know my my face? Those are all 
caused by the sun. Like if I was in the nunnery, I wouldn't have any of those, right? Right. Well, you can look at your skin in the areas that are doubly covered, you know, the areas that, like, for example, if you wear a bathing suit, the doubly covered areas of your body. And those areas in most people tend to be much smoother and softer and have fewer brown spots on them. And the places that people expose, like the decolletage, because people don't realize that the V area of their neck gets sun, and a lot of people forget to put sun, sunscreen in those areas, or their arms, they forget to put sunscreen in those areas. So those areas um, will get blotchy, and so that just verification that it's the sun that's causing it. So are there other products, uh, you know, that you could apply to your skin if you have those types of spots? You, you know, you, Obviously, the sunscreen you want to be using every day. Are there other things that you could do to protect or improve your skin? Yes, there are. Um, the FDA has um, approved Retin-A for, um, for wrinkling of the skin. Um, so that's something that we recommend a lot to our patients to use because it helps reverse some of the signs of, of aging. Um, and other products to use, or like glycolic acid is really good to use because mm-hmm. that exfoliates and also gets rid of a lot of the damage of the skin. So there are different um, ingredients that you can use that, to help you. But the number one is, is stay out of the sun. <laughs> well, prevention, right. Yeah. So the number one is we really focus on trying to tell um, everyone from birth you know, on that they should try to avoid the sun and to ingrain that habit in them to try to wear sunscreen and protective clothing and and to seek shade as well as just wearing sunscreen um so that would be number one but then for other people you know you're if you think you have sunscreen or you miss a spot and you end up having a sunburn or having um, excessive exposure then there are other things that you can do like you know like the retin-a and the glycolic acid so let's say, how often should somebody, I mean, everybody should be paying attention to their skin and looking for things that are abnormal or that weren't there a while ago. You know, so I have two questions. What, what should somebody be looking for or sh- and or should they just be going to their dermatologist on a regular basis and having their dermatologist look? Well, just like with um, breast cancer, it's recommended that women check their own breasts because if you find something before in between your doctor's appointments, then that's safer for you. So we recommend that you also check yourself. And we look for anything that changes. So if you have a mole that's changing or a new spot that developed that wasn't there before, then those are things that you um, you know you might want to see your doctor sooner about it. And there's a mnemonic that's been developed. It's just real simple, A, B, C, D, E, F, <laughs> um, just so everybody knows the first few letters of the alphabet, and especially A, B, C, D. And so that's a mnemonic that's been developed to help people look at their moles. So if you do have, tend to have abnormal moles, or even if you just develop a new mole that w- wasn't there before, um, you go through it. And um, so A would stand for asymmetry, and that means that if you fold the mole in half in any direction, it should completely line up with itself. B stands for border, so the edges should be completely round and regular, just like a coin. And if they're not, if there's any scalloping or notching, then that should be a sign that you should look out for. And C stands for color, 
within each mold, it should just be one color. If you have a multitude of colors in one mold, then that's not necessarily a good sign. D stands for diameter. Most abnormal bowls are larger than a pencil eraser. Some of them are smaller, but the majority are larger. And then if you want to go on with the alphabet here, um, E stands for evolving. So if you've had a mold that um, uh, you've had forever and all of a sudden it's changing or evolving into something else, then that's something you need to bring to your doctor's attention. And F stands for field. So some people have like a lot of moles, but they all pretty much look exactly the same. Then you have it, but if you have an outlier, one that looks really different than the other ones, then that's one that you should call to your doctor's attention. So those are some things that you can do at home. And we do recommend that, especially if you do have a family history of melanoma, either in yourself or in your family members, that you should do that once a month. Check yourself in front of a mirror and, and see if you have those features. I better go see my dermatologist is what I'm <laughs> coming up with. So, all right. Well, thank you. And I, and I, the, the skin is always, um, it's always a topic because I think that people, me personally, I, I know I haven't been smart when it comes to sunscreen in the past. So there, there's always, you know, a point that you can, you can start saving your skin for the most part, just because I, I may have, um, had a lot of sun exposure in my early 20s I can start you know now and wearing that sunscreen and protecting the skin that right. I have but still continue right. to watch it yes okay. yeah do you have any other um any other tips when it comes to using skincare products or um you know just things that could help your skin protect them um, improve them <laughs> well um well what you want to do is you want to um try to prevent brown spots as well. Mm -hmm. So there are different creams that you can use if you're getting some brown spots. Um, like hydroquinone is a cream that you can buy over the counter in a, in a lesser percentage. And then there's prescription strength hydro hydroquinone that you can use if you get brown spots. And um, But the main thing is to just use a, a sunscreen. That's really the best thing that you can do for your skin is to wear a sunscreen every day. I mean, there are other treatments that you can do. If you went to your dermatologist, there would be different treatments that you could do. But for as far as home treatments, I think if you did your retin-A, your glycolic, you did some hydroquinone if you had some brown spots and wore your sunscreen every day, you would be um, a long way towards getting healthier skin. I really wish somebody would develop a good moisturizer with a really good sunscreen in it because I think that that's, that's my struggle. It's like, I really need to moisturize my skin, but I really need to put this SPF on too. So. Right. Well, they actually do have quite a few different moisturizing sunscreens that are available. Mm -hmm. So um, it's there. Okay. Yeah, you just yeah. have to find one that feels good on your skin. But, but there definitely are. Um, you know, there's different formulations. We talked about that a little bit before. There's the spray that you mentioned, which which works great for, you know, to catching little kids as they're running, running by. Um, there's powders. And those work really well. A lot of men especially like those because mm -hmm. it doesn't get into their eyes when they're sweating a lot. Um, and then there's one that are more um, drying for people who are really oily. 
but there are definitely moisturizing ones for people who are have drier Dirty skin and skin. want to have a combination. And there really are some very nice formulations for yeah. that. I think my my thing was is I it was so it was so caught up on my head that I needed to have SPF fifty or sixty on. But if I just do the thirty and reapply it, there Every are there hours. are some decent probably moisturizers out there because I I know the one I use on my my face is is great and I like it, but reapply is what I'm, I'm lacking. Right. That's right. So is there anything else, any other tips or that I'm missing to ask when it comes to, to sun exposure? Um, well, when you're, you know, just in terms of, um, the, uh, the, the ingredients that are in the sunscreens, sometimes people will ask me, um, what's the difference between a physical sunscreen and a chemical sunscreen? Um, and, the fact of the matter is that they're all chemicals because they are, you know, they're not, we're not going out in the yard and picking up fruit and putting it on us unless you use aloe. I guess if you use aloe, then that would be okay. Um, but so they're all chemicals. Um, but um, some of them um, absorb into your skin. And um, and so those, for people who are um, more sensitive or like if you, when you do have um, a little baby and you want to... Um, put sunscreen on your baby, then you might want to use um, more of the physical sunscreen, and that's the zinc oxide and the titanium dioxide. They do tend to leave more of a white film on okay. your skin, but they don't absorb into your skin. And then the other ingredients of the physical ones tend to absorb more into your skin, and they're a little bit more um, elegant in terms of the way they feel on your skin. Um, but those are the ones that are, they, they work like a sponge and they absorb the sun's rays. Okay. Um, recently I've heard that, I think it's just Hawaii, that is now restricted certain sunscreens that are going to damage the coral and the, the, the reefs out there. I mean, I, 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 how does one do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they a lot of times people will say certain sunscreens are, are harmful, mm-hmm. um, but a, a lot of times those, those reports are based on the whoever's doing the study feeding the mice, you know, like 70 to 100 times what what you would use on your skin, actually feeding them, making them eat it, oh, wow. as opposed to putting it on your skin. So it's not really comparable to what you put on your skin. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you just have to find a sunscreen that feels good on your skin and then okay. use it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. Um, and hopefully, thank you for the you opportunity know, to talk about Yeah. Dermatology is one of those things that I think people, you know, really want different topics on. So hopefully you'll come back again and we can talk about something different. But okay. this is great. This That'd is going to be, be very valuable for, for anyone that lives in the Valley. So okay. I thank you. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you.